Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to the Game Day World Cup podcast with me, Sam Mazaface, TalkSport football correspondent Alex Crook and the assistant editor of The Mirror, Darren Lewis. The top stories on World Cup final day... Argentina and France go head-to-head as they bid to win a third World Cup. It's billed as Messi against Mbappe, but there's much more to it than that. In a World Cup of clippable, shareable moments, who will shine? The team news, the virus in the French camp, Scaloni's brilliant line, and much more besides on the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. So let's start off by looking at both teams with the reigning champions going first. What in the French, the reigning champions serve up. Mbappe is just head and shoulders above so many at this World Cup. The only objective for me is to win the World Cup. Wonderful ball went in for the left-hand side from Griezmann. And Olivier Giroud's built a career about attacking crosses like that. And he's powered it past Jordan Pickford. We've got the old band back together from 2018. Giroud leading the line. Mbappe playing off the mat wide. And then Griezmann in that deeper role, and it's worked ever so well. No one believed in him when he was 17, 18. If you told him then, one day, not only you would win the World Cup and the Champions League, but also you would become France's leading goal scorer in, in the history, yeah. he would have never believed it. Their dream of back-to-back World Cups and being the first side to retain the trophy for 60 years lives long and is very, very bright indeed. Two games from then and footballing immortality. In that team showed the resilience and the ruthlessness that you need to have to win a World Cup. There is no no, no uh, weak point in the France team. That's a problem for, for the other teams. There is no weak point. It will be tough, but it will be French at the end. Okay, let's focus on France, and they are the first country to reach successive World Cup finals since Brazil 20 years ago. The first European team to do so since the 30s, would you believe? And thankfully, after a problem with a sickness bug in the camp, France has reported that all their players trained yesterday. So a clean bill of health, almost. There's a few little knocks as well. Uh, I think Tio Hernandez had a bit of a knee problem on uh, Friday afternoon. Upa Meccano and Rabiot come straight back in. Okanate at least keeps his place at centre-half, Darren. Yeah, and that would make sense. Uh, Rabiot's the, the most more significant of the two for me. Such a, a, a powerful influence in midfield, but also very intelligent as well. I, I'm also quite glad to see that all the players train because this is one of those ones where it's two big teams spearheaded by two big players. And what you don't want after this match is for any side to be able to say, well, 
this excuse or that excuse. What you want is for both of them to go in, all guns blazing, so that we can get the spectacle we hope that we will eventually get. Yeah, um, Hugo Lloris suggesting yesterday that no one gave France a thought pre-tournament. That's not really the case. But as a captain, do you know that no one has ever lifted the World Cup twice? And he's been incredibly important, hasn't he, Alex? Yes, he has. And it's sort of gone unnoticed because we're all talking about Mbappe and the fact that this is going to be Messi's last World Cup game. It's going to be Hugo Lloris' last World Cup appearance as well. And as you say, the fact he has the opportunity to make history by becoming the first captain to lift the trophy twice and in successive World Cups, um, I think would be a massive story. There's been a sort of feeling attached to Lloris that he's a good goalkeeper, but he's not a top, top goalkeeper. And that actually that could be a problem for France. It hasn't been in this tournament so far. I think he's had an excellent uh, campaign. He's been a real leader. He's spoken to the majority of match day minus one press conferences. So he's been their spokesperson as well. And I think both goalkeepers will come on to Argentina, but both goalkeepers have got a role to play in this tournament and both can stake a claim, I think, for being in the team of the tournament. And Crook, you sound very emotional. Is everything all right there? You, know, you sound like you've got a bit of a frog in your throat or something. You, uh... <laughs> it's the last last podcast oh, right. with, okay, with you guys. Yeah. You know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. When will I see you again? Probably tomorrow, mate. <laughs> Actually, probably, probably tonight, because <laughs> I'm going to sneak into to your to your hospitality box at the World Cup final. Because um, you know he's such a big wig now; he's like literally hanging around with Infantino and all that. Darren, he's he's made himself very. You know, he's had a very good tournament apparently. So he told me the other day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hanging around with all the big wigs. Uh, Didier Deschamps says, I know that Argentina uh, and many people around the world, maybe even some French people, will hope that Lionel Messi win the World Cup, but we're going to do everything we can to achieve our objective. Can France channel that sort of everyone wants Messi to do it energy and fire them to upset the apple cart? Yeah, I think it will. I think it will be like an away game for France because every game that the Argentines have played, the stadiums have been, what, 75% Argentina. there, Mm. There is a... A huge groundswell, even from the neutrals of opinion, that it would be, you know, a really good story for Messi to win the only thing he's never won. I see it as obviously me being a, a tabloid assistant editor, ruthlessness against romance, and I think France, when they get their opportunities, they take them, and that's why they've not played particularly well in the last couple of games. But they have got that firepower. Is it if it isn't Messi? It's Giroud. If it isn't Giroud, it's Chalmany. If it isn't Chalmany, it's Teo Hernandez. But they've got players who can take their chances. It's all really on Messi and Alvarez as far as Argentina are concerned. I don't think there are enough other players that step up. And that's why I think France could spoil that particular party, I have to say. I've been searching for the right way to put this for a couple of days now, but these two teams sort of embody this World Cup for me. They're both sides that play in clippable moments. Not much risk is taken for a while, then 15 seconds of dynamite, which often changes the course of the game, which can then be like neatly packaged into an Instagram reel. It's all very 2022, isn't it? I think you're spot on. And actually, we were having this conversation over dinner on uh, on Saturday night, myself, Adrian Durham and Nigel Adderley. And Nigel used the same three. This is a moments World Cup. You know, there have been moments when big players have bowed out. There have been moments when big players have stepped up to the party. There have been moments when the smaller nations have caused real upsets. And there have been moments when Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe have really taken a game by the scruff of the neck and won it for their team. I have to say, in the case of Mbappe, and this might be a controversial opinion, I'm not sure that there have been enough of those moments. We're talking about Mbappe 
uh, as a potential player of the tournament. I think he'll probably get it if France win the World Cup. But for me, he's played in patches. I think uh, Griezmann has been France's best player in this mm. tournament. I think he'll be there. Very unlucky if they win it not to get that player of the tournament award. Yeah, I think uh, Griezmann's definitely been their best player and the way he's reinvented himself as a deep-lying midfield player that uh, is almost, he's, he's the playmaker, isn't he? He doesn't really have a position. He, he sort of drifts between 10 and 8 and, uh, and, and basically dictates the tempo of, of their play. Um, it's quite amazing, really, isn't it, that they've done so well, Darren, bearing in mind that they have been without Paul Pogba, who is here. He was with uh, Woodsy last night. Uh, no Conte, no Benzema, no problem. They they just seem to have got on with it. Um, they, I know that Pogba was at that Adidas event last night that Woodsy was hosting, and uh, I think he was very much looking forward to being at the final as well. But it, the way they've dealt with the absence of those players has been particularly impressive. And that says a lot about the depth that they have, have that they've always had, the work that they do at Clearfontaine to develop players as well, because you've got young players still coming through into that squad. Colin Mouani came, came on the other day, scored that second goal to finish off Morocco. And I think it makes their run to the final even more meritorious when you consider what they don't have. Uh, just a point on Mbappe. I I agree with you, there haven't been enough of those moments. But if you think about it, he's been up against top quality in each of the last two matches. Hakimi, who knows all about him and justified why he is one of the top players in his position in Europe, probably the world. And uh, Kyle Walker, who can generally match Mbappe for speed, has come up against him and been on the winning side for Manchester City before as well. There was that moment, though, where it didn't lead to a goal, but Walker tried to match Mbappe in a race in a game between England <laughs> and France. And Mbappe, it was like watching the roadrunner and Speedy Gonzalez because Mbappe's legs just suddenly went in a circle in motion and he just left him for dead. And um, I was talking to one or two people who were saying that's one of their moments of the World Cup, just the speed that Mbappe is able to ally with control and ability to bring other peoples into the play. So for me, I think there have been Mbappe moments that you can remember, not always leading to goals, yeah. but certainly showing the class of the player. Yes, I agree with you on that. And I also think that, for example, he didn't really play very well in the game against Morocco. Stuart Pearce said, I give him two out of 10. I went to that game and I watched him for a long period and I thought, he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. Then all of a sudden, bang, he makes the, the goal that seals passage through to the World Cup final. You know, that, just to be honest with you, he doesn't do anything for 88 minutes, but twice influences the play to score two goals. I think he's probably doing all right. Uh, he will be the youngest player to win the tournament twice since Pele in 1962. But Pele didn't play in that final. Pele got injured earlier in the tournament. So missed the last couple of games of that tournament. So there will be obvious comparisons between the two, mainly because of their age more than anything else and their impact that they're having on their countries at such a young age. Um, talk to me about Olivier Giroud because he's one of the front runners for the Golden Boot alongside Mbappe and Messi who have got five each. Um, Giroud's got four and so has Julian Alvarez. Here we go. He can become the oldest scorer in a World Cup final if he scores today, Olivier Giroud. You wouldn't bet against him, would you? No, you wouldn't. And what's impressed me about Giroud is the ruthlessness that he's shown, particularly in that game uh, against Poland, actually, when he broke the France goal-scoring record. When he put the ball in the back of the net, he'd only had 10 touches in the game. So it's not like he's being fed with dozens of chances in each match, but there were chances that have come his way. 
he stuck away with a plong, as of course he did um, against England, uh, albeit with a little bit of fortune in terms of the touch from Harry Maguire. But again, he did debate with myself and Adrian Durham last night because I gave him the, the team of the tournament that we put forward in the Samsung pod. And I said that Olivier Giroud was our number nine. He was not having that at all. He thinks Giroud's had a poor tournament. Mm, interesting. Wow, interesting. That's, that's interesting. To see that, um, obviously, the Benzema stuff has come up again. Did you see the tweet from Benzema when he just put a little cryptic picture of himself because there was a lot of discussion that he's fit enough to come back and obviously they haven't called him back. They haven't allowed him to come back into the camp. Um, and there's a difficult relationship actually between Giroud and Benzema. And I wonder whether or not actually Benzema's injury has helped the unity within the camp because Mbappe and, and Benzema isn't particularly great and there's a few other bits and pieces that are not uh, that don't click in that dressing room. But Giroud obviously does get on very well with Mbappe. Mbappe loves playing with him. And Benzema, I think he once said about Olivier Giroud, described himself, described himself, Benzema, as an F1 car and Giroud as a go-kart. Um, the bad news for Benzema is the go-kart is still moving and the car is in the garage. Um, right, okay, let's uh, move on to Argentina. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Kick it. Messi has it again, goes for goal. Messi! Lionel Messi! celebrates a grand worth of games with a grand old finish. He's played at such a high level for so many years. He's a world-class, elite-level goal scorer. He's a world-class, elite-level creator. Messi, lovely turn to get away from Blint. He's got Ake back pedaling. Gets the 30 yards out. What a ball into the area. Fantastic goal! We should enjoy Messi, and it really is the perfect climax to his career. Argentina! He has an Argentina team that can win the World Cup. First up for Holland, and he's saved by Martinez! The, the main difference with Argentina is is the team. It's a golden rule of football, I think, that the stars are made by the team. The, you know, the, the, the player shines to his best when the collective context around him is, is best. Go!
the best player I've ever seen and he deserves this World Cup. He really deserves it. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. Uh, one of the great emotional songs from Evita, which gets to the heart of the Argentine psyche. And Didier Deschamps yesterday in the press conference, the French manager, very calm, serene almost. But then in contrast, the emotion and the energy from the Argentina camp in their match day one, uh, minus one press conference was almost tangible. We could almost feel it, Darren. Uh, two very different cultures. The, the Clearly in a united group, the Argentines. One that is a balance to sort of protect and serve Messi. But there's other players that they should be wary of as well, I think. I think there's one or two. Enzo Fernandez has been particularly impressive for me, as well as Julian Alvarez, who apparently, I can't remember if Crook has told you this, but made a massive difference when he came into the third and final group game. <laughs> I, I think as far as the, the, irony of, the irony of all of that is that my, my view is that you used a, a, a phrase there that I think sums Argentina up really well, protect and serve, because they are set up to serve Messi and they are willing to do his running. Alvarez and, and a couple of other players have said it already. All they care about is that they do the work that enables Messi to do what he does best. Scaloni has set his team up in that way. And that's why they went on that 36-match unbeaten run coming into the tournament. Um, at the start of it, he was getting a lot of stick. And, and if you go back even further, the backstory to uh, Scaloni is really interesting because he, he was part of Jorge Sampaoli's setup. And, and I covered that tournament at the 2018 World Cup in Russia. And it was chaotic. It was all over the place. Uh, the, 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 the setup was chaotic. The press conferences were chaotic. The performances were chaotic with moments of genius from Messi, but overall it was just a shambles. Sampaoli went, Scaloni took over and he reconfigured the side, got rid of some of the older guard, brought in one or two younger players and just started to work on a, a way of constructing a team where everybody worked and Messi didn't have any defensive responsibility. And at the start of it, as I say, they, they it weren't great, but they won that first title in 28 years when they won the Copa America last year. And now they are. It, they know how to get over the line. And that's why, even though they keep on Saturday, they did a front page of Pele being held off with his left arm in a year and they mocked it up alongside, well, it wasn't a mock-up, it was a real image of Mbappe being held up uh, aloft in the air and it had like their history uh, as a headline. You kind of wonder if it might end up being Messi held up along aside uh, Pele uh, as one, another one of the great footballers of all time having had his hands on the World Cup. Yeah, um, and it was very interesting, actually, with Scaloni. The reason he got the job was basically because they'd run out of money having to uh, pay off Jorge Sampioli because they'd given him such a big, fat contract. They didn't have any money, really, to go any further with trying to recruit somebody else. So they had to put somebody in charge for a little while. Scaloni took over and did very well, as you've already articulated. But the defining image of that 2018 World Cup was the moment where Sampioli, during a 3-0 group game defeat to Croatia, stood on the sidelines, basically abusing the Croatia players and the Argentine federation you know I think we all know that the culture of Argentina is quite an emotional one they can be quite aggressive every now and again but even they were like you can't do that we, we can't have our head coach being abusive to to opposition players even we can't put up with that he's got to go uh, so he was removed immediately that the tournament uh, finished and then they replaced him with Scaloni and the rest as they say is history um, someone suggested to me 
to me last night, actually, that the Argentine spirit, that fire is great when you're winning. But if they go behind, it might be a danger. Do you see it like that? Or actually, have we seen in this tournament already that they've been able to harness those emotions really well and turn some negatives? And there were some negatives, especially in some of the matches against the Netherlands when they threw away a two-goal lead, for example, and channel it into something positive. Yeah, I think they've shown they can do that. You know, roared on by a, a huge travelling faithful. We're expecting, I think, 50,000 Argentinian fans inside the Lou South Stadium. So as Darren has already said, uh, France basically are going to be the away side. But they've shown in this tournament they can face adversity in the face. You know, they were, if they hadn't beaten Mexico in that second half, they could have been going out of the World Cup. So they've been playing knockout football since their second game. I think that will help. They've grown as a team in the tournament. They've tossed away that lead against the Netherlands, normally in that situation, you would fancy the team that would come back from 2-0 down to go on and win the game. But Argentina still found a way to control extra time and win the penalty shootout. So I don't have any real issues in terms of their temperament. I think what's interesting, just reading the Argentine press, is that Scaloni seems to be wrestling with the same dilemma that faced Gareth Southgate before the quarterfinal against France for England. Does he stick with a 4-3-3 that served him so well in this tournament? Or does he go with a three at the back and Martinez comes into the central defence? Because certainly in one of the training sessions leading up to this game, he has experimented Scaloni with that. So that's going to be interesting. Yes, yes. I'm fascinated to see what he does with Angel Di Maria, who obviously has missed the last couple of games due to injury. I've been impressed with him when he has played. And he's got a record, hasn't he, of scoring big goals. He scored in the final of the Copa America. He scored in the final of the Finalissima. And like Messi and Lloris, who we've spoken about, this is going to be his last World Cup game. So... Will he start? I hope he does in that 4-3-3, but I'm not convinced. Yeah, they trained yesterday, didn't they, with uh, a back five for the first little while and then switched it around and trained the four sort of almost mind games. And he was talking in the press conference yesterday. Um, he said, look, he hasn't named his team yet. He'll do so to his players at five o'clock yesterday afternoon. And he said, then you lot, the journalists, would find out very shortly afterwards because sometimes you find out my team even before I've told the players. Uh, but all the Argentine press this morning is saying he's kept his cards close to it's just they don't know the team, um, which is a surprise because usually they know exactly who's going to play and that isn't the, the case. There's going to be street closures, markets have been restricted, there's going to be no public transport, there's going to be a huge party in the middle of Buenos Aires, the whole country is going to come to a standstill. At, uh, well, it's, I think it's one o'clock in the afternoon, isn't it, or something like that uh, for uh, the uh, for Argentina. Um, but there, you mentioned about 50,000 people. There is a bit of a ticket scandal which is brewing as well because um, there was dozens of fans gathering in sa on Saturday at two buildings in Doha in search of tickets at the official price. At midnight, there were uh, reproaches and uh, insults. Hours before the final, hundreds of Argentines adrift through various points in Doha in search of tickets for the historic match between Messi's national team and France, says one paper. What began as a rumour became a true scandal over the hours in a building in the West Bay area where the Argentine Football Association has its leading offices. According to the testimony of several fans, um, it all started with messages in the Instagram and WhatsApp groups. The information in the building in La Perla area that AFA leaders were selling tickets for the final at the FIFA 
official price. It was then filled with loads of Argentina fans trying to get their hands on them. And uh, yeah, there was, I think it was 40 people sitting on the 12th floor of the Darwish Tower. I mean, this is what's been reported in the National yesterday, just like a whole sort of idea of like tickets not really being managed particularly well. And there were tickets, then there weren't tickets and, and there'll be people that are locked out as a result of it. But there are so many Argentines here in Doha that you can understand why there is such clamour for tickets, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is not just this. Could, obviously, they could win it for a third time, but this would be even more special. Messi at any time is is incredible. To but to see him providing decisive moments at the highest level and completing the final piece of the jigsaw by winning the biggest prize in world football, we could see history today. Um, and so you can understand why there is that clamour to to be one of those lucky ones inside the Lucille Stadium. Even us as journalists who have been around for a long time, we get excited about seeing this little guy do what he does best. And that moment when he left Guardiola for dead, it was vintage messy, if you like. And That's you wouldn't be able to say that you were there. Well, exactly. And the thing is, we can throw stats and information and whatnot, but those are the moments that you're going to talk about in years to come. Um, a little bit like, do you know there's that, that bit of footage about Pele where the ball is coming in a diagonal from one direction and he's running in a diagonal from the other direction and he runs past the keeper and the ball goes past the keeper and he runs around the, behind the keeper to try and get the ball. And if he hits it and it goes in, it's one of the goal, well, probably the greatest goal of all time. Unfortunately, it just goes narrowly wide at a post. But it's like one of those moments where it doesn't lead to a goal, but you still talk about it years later. And that's one of those moments from Messi. And that's the kind of thing that people want to be inside the Lucille Stadium to to see. So, yeah, I can totally understand why that is the case. I know certainly from this um, 30-something man that there's genuine excitement about seeing him as well. Sorry. I thought we were supposed to tell the truth on this podcast. <laughs> Do you know what? I let, I let that one slip through. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, 30 something plus 15, I would suggest. <laughs> For th 30 and then something. Um, uh, Emilia Martini. <laughs> People say France are favourites, but we have the advantage of having the greatest player of all time. And he is playing a little bit like a child again. You know, they've had these big barbecues all together at the Qatar University Student Union, um, having a good old, uh, what they call it, asado, where they sit there. It's almost like a religious festival. They cook loads of meat. They sit, they chat, they talk. They've been drinking mate uh, throughout the course of the tournament. It's like... It's been like a haven for him as well because of all the controversy with Barcelona. He's come back to Argentina, the Argentina group with friends. He feels comfortable. He feels happy. He feels liberated. And also he said he made a decision a few years ago that he wanted to embrace joy. He wanted to embrace positivity and he just wants to play and have fun. And he's been a bit more like that. He's certainly having fun in the field of play. But he's also almost embraced his Argentine spirit as well, isn't he? Having a go at Valt Weghorst, standing in front of uh, Louis van Gaal and doing the, 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 the hands behind the ears because he wanted to take 
issue with the way that Van Gaal had treated one Raquel May, a friend of his who was at Barcelona at the same time. So this, there's so much more about his character that we're seeing and we haven't seen that over the course of maybe the 17 years where he's been the best player in the world. I think that is worth pointing out. You know, we, we give lots of comparisons. Is he the best player in the world? Is he the greatest of all time? I mean, really, is there much doubt about that, bearing in mind that this is a bloke who's been at the top of the game? And I mean, the very top of the game. Uh, for 17 years, Maradona made, what, 17 months worth of being right yeah. at the very, very top of the game, being 100% fit. 17 years? That's, a, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I guess the, the argument, if, if you're looking to make a case for Ronaldo, for example, is that Messi has only really done it at, at Barcelona. I know he's at PSG now, but Darren Lewis could play up front for PSG and they'd win the French League. But being a Manchester United fan, I, I used to come down the side of Ronaldo. But this guy is mesmerising. You say the longevity uh, also you know, adds fuel to his fire. And also, from a temperament perspective, let's compare him to Ronaldo. Let's, do, let's go for Piers Morgan. Because... Ronaldo was so desperate to succeed in this tournament, so desperate to end his World Cup career on a high. I think it actually affected his performances. Messi has got the same drive and determination, but he's channeled it in the right way. You know, he stepped up when he's needed. He's handled those pressure moments, taking the first Argentine penalty against the Netherlands after they'd thrown away a 2-0 lead. He was never going to miss that penalty. Bouncing the ball around as he had a penalty in the last game while the Croatian players were protesting just almost removing himself from the situation. Again, was never going to miss that penalty. So not only is he the greatest player uh, that I think the game has ever seen, I think he's got the best temperament as well. I, I agree with that, but I don't think he's the best player ever. I think it's still Pele for me. Um, because I think as far as Pele is concerned, he's he, he won that World Cup as a 17-year-old, was a key player in the game, had no protection, terrible pitches, kicked to pieces by grown men. And lots of people say, well, you know... It's a terrible leagues he played in. How come Brazil managed to retain the, the the World Cup? And you know they their team was basically made up of Brazilians playing in the Brazilian league. Everyone says it was a terrible league, and yet when their players came together, they were able to dominate world football. I think a lot of people suffer from recency bias, and that's understandable. You know, this current generations they've not seen Pele play live. But as we all know, everything you've seen your favourite player do, Pelé has done it before. And I think while we can appreciate Messi, absolutely appreciate that longevity you were talking about, Sam, and Ronaldo as well, Pelé stands head and shoulders above them all. And that's why even they, Ronaldo, Mbappe, Messi, they pay homage to the guy who, who came before them, what, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. Interesting is debate. I'm sure that will rage tomorrow if it's Messi who lifts that World Cup. Um, the final of which is live on Talk Sports at seven. Is it seven o'clock? Six o'clock tonight. Um, Qatar time. Six o'clock our time. Three o'clock UK. Three o'clock in the UK. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice afternoon sojourn for you this afternoon. Um, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Um, it's been a brilliant tournament in terms of what's happened on the field. It's been cracking football. So the support that some of the nations have had has been brilliant too. 
And it's been uh, cracking to hang around with you two boys over the course of the last uh, five weeks. It feels like a very long time uh, that we've been getting up every morning and looking at each other over Zoom. So thank you very much for your company and your help over the course of this and your flexibility. Because I know that a lot, you know, one of you, at least one of you, has been going to bed very, very late and, and getting up every morning. He's got here every morning. To, to do this podcast. So well done, Alex. You've, you, you, you've had a very good tournament. <laughs> Thank you very much, but not much sleep, as you say. So uh, hopefully that'll be corrected next week, although I'm not convinced because it's Christmas. I've been going to the bed late as well, you know, and getting up early. Yeah, no, but Darren, you're a little bit more sensible than uh, him over there. You, ha- you didn't go to bed alongside 17 pints of lager, did you? From the G Lounge, the G Lounge at the at the at the Tottenham Team Hotel, which has got a special seat with a with, with a nameplate above it, which says "Reserved for the Crook." Our reporters have heard rumor that your new role at Talksport Crook is going to be Minister for Entertainment. <laughs> Can you comment? On that? I'd like I to say that it. that will just be official confirmation of the role that he has been fulfilling for quite some time. Um, Jesmond, uh, thank you very much. This is the Game Day podcast from Talksport. We're all back over the Christmas period. Please try and enjoy it. Uh, there's a absolute wave of football to come on Talksport after the World Cup final. We've got a massive uh, Christmas period and then a huge January to look forward to. So we will be back very shortly uh, to enjoy it with you here on the Game Day podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.